gentlemen, to JWF Monday Night Ignition. I'm your host, Silver Spoon, joined by a man who was happy to welcome a brand new JWF baby into the world last week. It's Captain Tibbs. That's right, Sills. I'm a proud grandpa, and I'm not allowed to hold the baby. That is right, JWF Defiance, the brand new show coming to you live on the Fight Boys YouTube channel every single Wednesday, debuted last week, and we had some amazing matches. We saw Blake Tanner taking on your son Chuck Tibbs in the first match of the J1 tournament. We saw the Defiant title defended as AJ Steele faced off against the man called Stang, and unfortunately, the man with the body of steel walked out successful. Still, I find myself at an impasse on that one because, for one, hate AJ Steele. On the other hand, I'm still not sure if we have a legal copyright to call a guy Stang. <laughs> that is right, Tibbs. But in addition, why don't we talk about the men hosting that show, Blake Tanner, yes, and Scotty Moore, a man who last week on JWF Ignition came out to this ring and did the unthinkable, did the unspeakable. He looked at a man who is retiring in Momoa Curry, and instead of giving the man his flowers, he basically said, hey, Momoa, you still got a whole hell of a lot to prove to me in the center of the ring. And, I mean, Tibbs, what the hell's going on with the kid? You know, still, I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe he's got some type of grudge. I mean, he, of course, we know that Scotty Moore and Momoa Curry have had uh, many a grudge in the past, but this seems different, much more personal for Scotty Moore, and maybe he's riding high off of uh, de defeating the Dylan streak recently. Maybe he thinks he can take it to the god of the JWF one more time. I mean, not only that, you gotta think, you, you, me, we all call Momoa Curry the god of the JWF. We've seen his power in the ring, but... He has never managed to get a pinfall over Scotty Moore. I think if I'm sitting here as Scotty, I gotta be wondering. I mean, he said it himself last week. Who the hell is this god everyone's talking about? Because he's never been able to get my shoulders as a mat. That is true, Sills. That's something that Scotty Moore has, has a, uh, a unique distinction of having uh, against Momoa Curry. And maybe he's just... Uh, Trying to get that extra god, he's trying to get Momoa Curry to show, uh, to show Scotty what Momoa Curry has shown the world time and time again. That is right, and the god of the JWF, basically in all other words than just yes, accepted that offer for a match at the Regal Rumble, and he has returned this week. The god of the JWF is in our ring right now, so why don't we hear what he has to say in response to Scotty Moore. Two years ago, I stood in this ring and I called Scotty Moore the future of this business. And I didn't say that as a prediction or as a way to give the kid a rub. No, I said it as a warning. Because there were a lot of men in that locker room that were willing to come in, cash a paycheck, and sit on their ass every week. And I knew that in the future of this company, that wouldn't be allowed anymore. I knew that men like Scotty, Blake, the Jebedo, Chuck Gibbons, I knew they were coming, and I knew they wouldn't expect anything less than greatness from that locker room. And now we stand here in that very future I predicted, with JWF Defiance coming to you live every single week. The superstars, the wrestlers of this company are now being forced to step up or step out. We are living in a world where wrestling actually matters. Your skill in this ring matters, and it is a damn 
bright future ahead of us. But Scotty, last week you got between these ropes and you accused me of holding back when we fought in the past. You claimed I took it easy on you, that I took the coward's way out, and that made me laugh because it just shows how little Scotty Moore thinks of himself. The man has held every title in this company, gone toe-to-toe with legends on a monthly basis, and damn near retired the man sitting at that commentary table two years ago, and somehow he still doubts his abilities. He doubts what he can do in this ring. He doesn't believe he ever had what it takes to defeat Momoa Curry. And Scotty, I am here to tell you honestly that every single time we got in this ring, you were the better man. Genuinely. You always had what it took to take down the god of the JWF. You had the hunger. You had the drive. But you don't today. Because two years ago, when we faced off, you were hungry, right? You had something to prove. You had a fire lit under your ass, and you fought with everything you had, but now, hell, look at you. You're one of the men in charge of the JWF. You don't stay hungry. Your plate is always full of food. You've got a beautiful wife, an amazing daughter, and you know something? That is phenomenal for you. But it means, means that now you have time to sit on your decisions. You have time to ruminate on your past. And that rumination lets that doubt creep into your head deeper and deeper. And believe me, boy, I'm going to use that doubt as a dagger that I will spear through your heart at the Regal Rumble because the tables are turned and your damn right son, Momoa Curry, has something to prove. Momoa Curry has to prove that he's not going to leave this company without beating that white trash version of Cody Rhodes six ways to Sunday and reminding each and every one of you exactly who the hell I am. The God of Law, God of the Sea, and God of the J.W.F. Well, Tibbs, uh, in not so many words, Momoa Curry just let Scotty Moore know exactly what is waiting for him at the Regal Rumble. And if I am the proverbial hero of the J.W.F., I might be taking back that challenge from last week. I don't know, Sills. I don't know if Momoa will let him take it back at this point. It seems like uh, Scotty Moore has found a soft spot on the god of the JWF, and Momoa Curry, he's coming out, and he's raging. That's going to be one hell of a fight coming to you live at the Regal Rumble. In addition, we are going to have the 30-man Regal Rumble match, which is, let's be honest, Tibbs, one of the biggest matches of the year. Last year, we saw the return of the Dillon. We saw the debut of the Jebedook and Chuck Gibbons. We saw Robert Hill go the distance, win the entire damn thing, in my opinion. In the history of professional wrestling, there is no match greater than a Regal Rumble. I would have to agree, Sills. I think that you're, you're on the right track there. We have some pretty great match types, but there is nothing like the Regal Rumble that can really shake up the foundation of JWF every year to its core. That is right, and that's... Uh, da damn it, Tipsy. He just had a match on Defiance. You gave him a spot on the show last week. What? 
Why do you keep giving money to AJ Steele? He doesn't need money. He has a championship. You're already paying him more than he's worth. Listen, Silva, this is, this is some contractual bullshit that every time he shows up on TV in a match, he gets a segment in Wrestle Wars. I can't change that. I tried. He's got, his lawyers are too good, Sills. I don't know where he finds these guys. Well, ladies and gentlemen, let's take things down to the Wrestle Wars studio for another episode of Wrestle Wars with your defiant champion, AJ Steele. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of your favorite wrestling-based information program, Wrestle Wars. I'm your host and still JWF defiant champion, AJ Steele. And folks, listen to me. I gotta thank all of you out there for tuning in last Wednesday to JWF Defiance just to see your hero, AJ Steele, take care of that damned menace they call Stang. But as your Defiant champion, I know that the work is never over. This company needs my help, and that's why I'd like to make a grand proclamation today. Jeremy, Jeremy, get the cameras rolling. You got it? <clears throat> Good. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm proud to announce to you today after much deliberation, AJ Steele is officially declaring for the 2022 Regal Rumble. You see, a lot of people forget this, but in 2019, only two men were standing tall at the end of that Rumble. Myself and Momoa Curry. The two biggest pillars of this company going toe-to-toe -to -toe in a dream match once in a lifetime for the opportunity to fight at Wrestlepalooza. And now, one of those pillars is fading away. Momoa Curry's riding off into the sunset, leaving me, AJ Steele, as the only pillar of virtue and good in this damn company. And this Wednesday on Defiance, I'ma lay it all out on the line in a battle royal for the ages. Because it's gonna be myself facing off against seven of the JWF's biggest names that aren't AJ Steele to prove once and for all that I deserve to be in the Rumble and more importantly, I deserve the damn number 30 spot. Because AJ Steele may be a man with a body of steel, but even I know that number 30 is the most dangerous number in a rumble. And given that I'm going to be the most dangerous man in the rumble, it's only fair that I should get it. Just like you should get a subscription to AJ Steele's newest app out there on the iPhone market. It's called the Steel Trap. Because that's what my mind is. A steel trap that no man can penetrate. But you can't. For a simple fee of $35 weekly, you can penetrate AJ Steele all you want. Get the knowledge you deserve. Want to know how I can take a man, pound him in the mat all night? Want to gain the knowledge I've accumulated from years of grinding and clanging and banging? You want to see AJ Steele show you how to take your fist to someone's ass real good? Then pay up. Penetrate my body of steel. And tune in this Wednesday to Defiance to see the man with the body of steel get what he deserves. All right, it's not as bad as the COVID cure he was peddling last week, Tibbs, but my God, he can't just be talking about live penetration like that on this show. This is a damn family's This is a this. family show, God damn it!
That's right. It's absolutely ridiculous, Tibbs, is, is this man. But another person who I thought was ridiculous coming in here was the man known as Mark Plays, who, let's be honest, came here with the JXT Championship. A lot of us thought he was going to be a member of Team JXT. But instead, you ended up hiring the damn man to work for you. Yeah, I mean, one of the big plays Captain Tibbs made during the war between JWF and JXT that I'll be honest, not many people agreed with. Oh, look, Sills, I still agree. It's one of the best acquisitions I've ever made for this company. Mark Play's track record speaks for himself. Amazing matches. He, he can go all the way. He, he has such an amazing win-loss record in JXT. This is a man who you build a company around. That's right. I mean, at the end of the day, only a couple of men ever able to claim pinfall victories over Mark Place. Whether that be the man who defeated him for the title, Scotty Moore, Mega Ran, or, of course, Crush Atlas, our current JWF Captain's Champion. Mark Place, outside of those three men, has remained undefeated, and that is one of the reasons why. Last week, our champion, the JWF World Champion, the Dylan, said, hey, Mark Plays, if you want to play, I'm willing to play. Regal Rumble. And you got to imagine what's going through this kid's mind, Tibbs. He just signed a contract, and now in his first match in JWF, he's going to be fighting the Dylan for the championship. I mean, that is, that is a rocket strapped to your ass if I've ever seen one. <laughs> Absolutely, Sills, and I think... Uh, honestly, though, Mark Plays, somebody who's deserving of a strap like that. Mark Plays is somebody who I think can take on the Dylan 1v1 and take him to his limit. That is right, but, uh, well, I guess the crowd is letting you know the boos are filling this arena because Mark Plays is here, and I think he's got a lot to say to our champion, so let's have a listen. You're mad, aren't you? Each and every single one of you idiots in those seats are mad because, well, to be honest, Mark Plays did what Mark Plays always does, and I jumped the line. I jumped the line, and now in my first match in JWF history, I will be winning the World Heavyweight Championship from the Dylan, much appreciated brother brother. You see this company you all think is about wins and losses, right? You, you think it's about showing your true heart and character. You think it's built for workhorses, but it's not. This company, just like every other business in the field of professional wrestling, is built on stars. And what this company has needed sorely for too long is a star, someone who can take that belt, strap it to my back, and carry it to the moon itself. Because, hell, let's just look at the men who have held that belt before now. Blake Tanner, a man whose entire title reign was based around weight. I mean, at the end of the day, his title reign could be summed up in three words, and those words were, wait, really? Him? Oh, wait, or how about Chuck Tibbs? A man who dropped the most prestigious belt in this company's history in less than a minute. And now, the Dylan, a man who had the balls to grab a microphone last week and compare himself to me. 
A man who claimed that my loss to Scotty Moore was somehow more devastating than his because I'm a younger athlete, and to that I gotta ask, what little rock are you living on, Dylan? Because I live in the world where you walked into the biggest show in JWF history bearing the torch of this company around your waist, and it all came down to you. And you dropped the ball. Arguably the biggest match of your career, and you lost. But hey, I get it, I get it, okay? It's nice to live in that little river they call denial because you get to make up excuses for yourself. You get to say that Scotty was fighting for more, right? You get to say that Scotty was an athlete who's on your level. You get to act like your loss that weekend because before you were fighting Scotty more that night, you were supposed to be fighting me. And that match would have ended the exact same way our match at the Regal Rumble will. My elbow crushing in your skull and your shoulders being pinned to the mat. And after that, Dylan, all your little excuses go out the window because the truth is our losses to Scotty Moore that weekend, well, they were just glorified flukes. But your loss to me is guaranteed. Courtesy of the man who plays this game better than anyone else, Mark Play Well, Tibbs, I mean, in the first words we've really gotten out of Mark Plays on the main roster, he has most certainly made his actions known. He has made his presence felt. And in my opinion, he is right at the end of the day. Our champion did walk into that massive show crossing the line and he had the company on his back. He slipped and he fell. But at the end of the day, Dylan was there. Dylan was fighting. Mark Plays did not show up that night. Oh, that is true, Sills. But <laughs> I think that the rest of Mark Plays is short. But fiery career does speak volumes for the type of match that I think we're going to see here. I, I don't think that Mark Plays is going to be a pushover for the Dylan by any means. That is right. And speaking of a man who has already proved he's not going to be a pushover despite what Mark Plays says, why don't we talk about Blake Tanner, one half of the commentary team for JWF Defiance. Last week, Chuck Tibbs, your son, came out to the ring, made some pretty blatant accusations against Blake Tanner about the way he is, about the fact that uh, I think Chuck almost called him a charlatan trying to hide away his actions from the JWF universe because, I mean, at the end of the day, Blake Tanner has not always been a man who made the most popular choice in this company. That is true, Sills. I mean, you, you think about Blake Tanner's career, he's a hot champion early on in his career. He, he's since then he's been fighting up and down the car but he's never quite reached the, those peaks as he did before he's gotten close sometimes and he's gotten very far away although Sills I think uh, Chuck was maybe calling the pot uh, the kettle calling the pot a little black if you know what I mean because he uh, 
uh, has always also been there. Chuck has had those same ups and downs. I don't think he has any right to call Blake Tanner out on that. That's right, especially after last week's episode of JWF Defiance, where in the first match in Defiance history, Blake Tanner defeated Chuck Tibbs, earning him two points in this year's J1 tournament. And you know, if Blake wants to fight his way back to the top, the J1 is the exact place to do that. And we have sent one of our top interviewers backstage right now with the apex of excellence to hear what's next for the man known as the B. Let's have a listen. Ladies and gentlemen, Dad the Dad McDonald backstage here with a man who has had quite the debut episode of JWF Defiance last Wednesday. The man with two points in this year's J1 tournament, Blake Tanner. <laughs> That's right, Don. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, look. I had a successful match against Chuck Tibbs. Griffin Clouds, he would go on to shock the world by pinning the king of the hill himself, Robert Hill, in his first match on Defiance. The J1 is already starting off with some big contenders. And li listen, let me tell you, Don, let me tell you, everybody out there, JWF Universe, it's only gonna get bigger this Wednesday with the beginning of Block B. We're going to see a rivalry renewed as Mark Plays faces off against the man he defeated for the JXT title, Chuck Gibbons. In a dream match that you can only imagine, the captain's champion, Crush Atlas, is in action against Big Cyrus Crane. It's going to be a night of big, massive matchups. Don, you're, you're not going to want to miss it. Well, uh, that is uh, most certainly exciting to hear, but... Blake, gonna need you to take off your promoter hat for a minute because, well, many people were shocked at your attack of Chuck Tibbs post-match last week. I mean, you brought a damn chair into the ring. Uh, can you explain what led to Chuck drawing your ire like that? <laughs> no, 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 listen. All right. All bets are off. You're taking the jacket off. This is just Blake you're getting right now. Chuck didn't draw my ire. Honestly, I don't really have any negative, strong feelings towards Chuck, even after everything he said about me. We settled it in the ring. But what I saw that night, I would describe it as something different. Like, let's say it's an awakening of sorts. I mean, you see, Chuck and myself, we come from an era where you got in the ring once or twice a month, and that was it. You saved it up for those big matches on TV, and you saved it up for the pay-per-view. You had time to heal your wounds. He had time to rest and recover, but now things have changed. Chuck and myself and everybody else on this roster, we don't have the luxury of waiting to recover. I mean, I'm fighting again in two days on Defiance, and I guarantee I'll be fighting a week again after that. And over the past year, Chuck has found an entitlement in himself, this elitist attitude, where he thought everything, he deserved everything. He, he thought that the world was going to be given to him on a silver platter. He thought all he had to do was grace us with his presence and he'd own the world. And listen, that's the worst version of Chuck Tibbs. And unfortunately, that's not how things work in this new JWF. This new JWF is about passion. It's about working hard, putting in the effort, putting your best foot forward. And I've seen Chuck when he's entitled. He, he's nothing. He's the guy that loses in six seconds at Wrestlepalooza. That's an entitled Chuck right there. But you know what? I've also seen Chuck Tibbs when he's hungry. And to be honest with you, 
a hungry Chuck Tibbs. That's the guy that, that wins the JWF championship and deserves it. That is the guy that this company needs right now. And I saw that maybe the only way to wake him up is to take a steel chair to his ribs one or two times and slap some sense into. And I'm hoping that's going to give him that drive. That, that drive to be something on Defiance. And, hey, what are you doing here? I'm here to make an example. Oh my god, Tim, that's, that's Gazi, that is the nightmare, and he has just assaulted Blake Tanner with that massive forearm shot straight to the skull, and... Tibbs, I don't know what that boy's got in his arm, but he just knocked out Blake Tanner. Jesus Christ, Sills, that, that's... Oh my God, that's a steel pipe in his hands! Oh my God, Tibbs, he had that steel pipe hidden in the arm of his jacket. Blake did not just take a forearm shot, he took a steel pipe straight to the cranium, and Tibbs, it looks like the nightmare's not done. He's got Blake up, he's got that steel pipe wrapped around his neck. Oh, bloody eagle, straight down onto the concrete. And once again, Tibbs, I feel like I get tired of saying it, but the nightmare has snapped. He's just gone off on Blake Tanner like he wasn't even supposed to be here tonight, Sills. Uh, he interrupted Blake's interview. He interrupted all of this. Just, Gazi's gone crazy again. That is right. Well, listen to that. There it is, the music of the nightmare. And you can see his handler, if you want to call him that, Lawrence Whitney out there on the stage just gesturing and... Oh my God, Tibbs, look at this. Gazi is dragging the lifeless body of, of Blake Tanner out to the ring. What the hell is this kid thinking? I don't know, Sills, but if we know Gazi, he's... He said he was making a statement, Sills. I don't I don't know. I'm afraid to learn what that means. Oh, well, looks like he is throwing that lifeless body in the center of the ring, and Gazi is just sitting next to Blake Tanner, letting the blood pour down onto his fingers. This man is a psychopath. Ladies and gentlemen, the leader of Team JXT, your first ever JWF Triple Crown. He is the second longest reigning JWF world champion of all time. And it's all for nothing. It's all stuff he doesn't deserve. Ladies and gentlemen, the real Blake Tanner. The living embodiment of Washed Up Before 30. A man who came into this business, won everything and has also won nothing. For three years, this man's had his head under the ice, struggling to resurface and get out of the pool of obscurity. I mean, look at the history. He loses the title after a lackluster reign. He lost it to, well, I ain't even gonna say who he lost it to. No one needs to remember that. Anyways, he immediately scampers back to his old buddy, Scotty. And for that nostalgia run of the BS reunion tour. And that doesn't work out. So he decides to turn his back on each and every one of you. And cheats his way into winning the captain's championship. The first ever triple crown. And then he beats down and abuses every single student that he says he brought onto this main roster. Desperately searching 
for this respect and adulation. He believes and craves that he deserves. And he doesn't. He doesn't deserve it from me. He doesn't deserve it from anyone sitting behind that commentary booth. He doesn't deserve it from anyone backstage. And he most certainly doesn't deserve it from any one of you. When, when nothing works out his way, all he does is spin it on all of you. He comes out to this ring, makes his next sob story, and he claims that he needs to change and be something else. He needs to make a better Blake Tanner. Well, folks, today you are seeing the true Blake Tanner. His face flat on the mat and his body unmoving. Because like all of you, I know this man can't change. I mean, he came out to this ring and talked about how sorry he was that he stole the captain's championship from me and then went on to steal the biggest win of my career right out from under my nose at crossing the line. In wrestling, there's two types of guys. They're the men who work their ass off, put the, in the hours, and one day wake up being called a legend. And then there's guys like the guy who's flat on the mat, who just gets that moniker because he's been here for a little while, even when he's been failing non-stop for the last couple of years, failing to keep up with everyone else coming in. He's failing to live up to the titles that he's earned in the past. He's failing to live up to his own name, and he's failing to maintain any interest in the in individual sitting in this audience. He's failing to even be the better member of the BS. Oh, look at that. Blake Tanner finally getting some life in him, trying to attack Gazi, but oh, the nightmare putting a boot to his neck and, and now just oh, stomping away at that shoulder. Gazi has got, I hate to say it, Blake Tanner essentially out on a, on a limb right now, beating the hell out of him. He has him completely at his mercy, Sills, and Gazi knows it, and look at his face, he's enjoying it. Not only that, Tibbs, he's, he's got a look on his face I have seen before, something that happened a couple of years ago at Summerfest, he has wrapped up the arm of Blake Tanner, he is looking to snap that arm in two, but Tibbs, that's... That's the music of, of Funky Flossy, the, the man who, ironically enough, Blake Tanner took out of action a couple of months back, but he has also got quite a history with Gazi. These two men faced off at Wrestlepalooza last year, and it looks like the Funk Master General is rushing the ring and going after the nightmare. Look at that, Sills. I guess it shows it. <laughs> Uh, to Funky Flossy, I guess he's choosing between the, the devil you have to deal with and the devil you don't want to deal with. That is right. You see Gazi just escaping through the crowd who are letting them know exactly how they feel about him. Meanwhile, inside the ring, looks like Funky offering a hand to Blake and, and Blake accepts. It looks like Funky Flossy forgiving Blake Tanner for their past. I don't think I ever would have thought I'd see this. No, Sills, that is a that's a big move on Funky Flossy's part, and I think that I, I mean he he has really shown his stripes here tonight. That is right, but I I'm being told right now that uh, apparently Funky Flossy's return has been planned. 
And Scotty Moore backstage just made it official this week. JWF Defiance. We are going to see Gazi take on Funky Flossie in a Wrestlepalooza rematch for the ages. Oh, Sills, I can't wait to see it. That is right. In addition, we are going to see a rivalry renewed as Karen Bush goes up against Val Curry. And you got to think that is a dangerous position for the women's champion to be in. At the end of the day, Karen Bush does still hold that cash in the bag briefcase, meaning that she could get in that ring, beat the living hell out of Val, get disqualified, and then immediately cash in for a title opportunity. That is true, Sills. I mean, it's just... You're treading dangerous waters anytime you face somebody <laughs> who owns a cash in the back briefcase or hell, even anytime somebody has a cash in the back briefcase, you're going to be looking over your shoulder, not just usually facing them one on one like this. That is right. In addition, we'll see those J1 matches Blake Tanner were talking about earlier, that eight man battle royal, the winner earning a number 30 spot in this year's Regal Rumble. It is going to be a hell of an episode of JWF Defiance, but make sure to tune in next week for JWF Ignition. We are going to hear from the world heavyweight champion himself, the Dylan will be returning. And in addition, Scotty Moore has got some comments regarding what Momoa Curry said earlier in the night. And you know, both of those are going to be can't miss interviews, Tibbs. Oh, you can't wait to see it, Sills. We are continuing this year with a bang and a flourish on our way to the Regal Rumble. That is right. But until then, remember to support us at patreon.com slash a load of BS and pick up merch for your favorite superstars at merch.aloadofpurebs.com. Our production fees have gone way up recently, please. That is right. But until next time, he's been Captain Tibbs. I've been Silver Spoon, and this has been JWF Monday Night Ignition. And we will see you next time.